Hello everyone. We just want to take a moment to make space for the episode, which is about trauma. Um, I know that that can be a trigger for some of our listeners. And so we, we care about our listeners and we just want to make sure that you're either in a safe space when you're listening to this, you can reach out and connect to others, or you can even seek help, seek therapy if needed. And so I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you can have some tangible takeaways, but always look out for your emotional safety. I'm Denisha Simpson. And I'm Joy McGowan. And and we we are Resilient Resilient Black Black Women. We are the co-host to this podcast, which is all about demystifying mental health for black women, women of color, and women everywhere. Thanks for listening to the podcast today, y'all. If you like what you hear, share this episode with a friend. Welcome, everybody, back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be back uh, with Denisha. This is Denisha and I, another episode with just Denisha and I. This is great. (laughs) I don't know why I always feel like I have to highlight that. (laughs) I know. I think it's because we don't have that as often as we used to. And so that's not the norm. It's not, which is good. I like I like having on guests. Guests are fun. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but I also like when it's just us. So um, it's good to see you. You too. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about trauma and boundaries, which, I mean, we've had an episode this season about boundaries. <laughs> um, we've had a few episodes where we've kind of like, we always mention trauma almost every episode, I think. <laughs> I think we kind of mm-hmm. like hit on it, but I don't feel like we've actually taken a lot of time to kind of like talk a little bit about trauma. And um, we're really excited about the episode that uh, our listeners would have already heard with Shakira um, about trauma, what it is and how we heal. And so this episode is kind of like a follow-up to that about but what do I do when there's trauma and my family dynamics and now it's the holidays? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do I do? How do I manage that? And so to get started, I think I kind of wanted to make sure that we kind of reviewed a little bit about trauma, um, what trauma is. And I think that trauma, in a really basic definition, I think that trauma can be really bad experiences that we may have had, bad things that have happened to us. Um, but then also maybe even the good things that didn't happen to us. And by that, I, I'm meaning um, maybe you grew up in a household where you didn't always have someone tell you that they loved you, um, that you were smart, um, that you were beautiful and um, that you could do things right. Like maybe you didn't you don't always have a lot of memories of feeling uh, loved or supported. Um And if you are a listener and you are really interested in this particular topic of like the trauma as the things that um, the bad things that happened and then the good things that didn't, I would encourage you to look at the ACEs. So adverse childhood experiences, there are 10 questions that kind of talk about different things that we did or did not get growing up as a child that could kind of impact how we uh, grow up as an adult. And so... I think that's one part of trauma. What would you add to that definition, Denisha, of like trauma? Um, I think for me in working with clients, I always try to look at it through a lens of trauma is not an event that happened to that person, but rather what's happening inside of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what's, and not to invalidate 
that experience of what happened, but to more so focus on their inner world and that shattered sense of self, Mm. um, that shattered sense of the view of the world, the view of others. Um, I like what you're saying, though, Dee, because you're really saying like, so there could be a traumatic event that happened, mm-hmm. but then what tends to determine how we heal is how we internalize that event. Absolutely, because I can't see on a client's inter- intake paperwork um, a car wreck that they were in and they put down for their medical history and automatically assume that that is a client with trauma. Yeah. Um, so I'm constantly tracking and reflecting on their window of tolerance, right? Um, in order to see, like, how did that car wreck land on them? Because they might have had the best support um, and identified triggers if they were under the wheel after the car wreck and worked through all of that. And so I can't automatically see car wreck and think trauma. Right. So I hope that, like, our listeners are catching what you're saying. You're saying that sometimes trauma is also the meaning we make of that really horrible event. What's the Mm -hmm. meaning? So, again, so I define trauma as... Um, horrible events or not so good things that should have happened to me that didn't happen to me. Right. And what's the meaning that I make if I grew up in a household where people didn't say, I love you. Mm -hmm. I cared about you. Mm -hmm. You are important to us. Mm -hmm. What's the meaning that I make about that? What's the story that I tell myself Mm -hmm. about either one of those extremes? Right. And that's the part of like what we deal with. Mm -hmm. Yes, trying to reconnect with that sense of belonging, Mm -hmm. trust. I mean, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did a training this year with um, Circles and WA and where I get to talk about trauma and all this stuff. And I remember in that training, I talked a little bit about how um, as hard as trauma is, I think that one of the beautiful things that we don't always talk about when it comes to trauma is post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. And how that kind of shows up in our lives because of the event mm-hmm. um, or the lack thereof of things that we did not receive. Like most of the time, the research talks about how people you usually feel like they've gained so much. They gained mm-hmm. a sense of independence. They gained a sense of like, now I know what my self-worth is. Mm-hmm. Like because I was in this really abusive relationship and like I don't want to go back to those types of things. Like right. I've learned how to be more independent whereas I was in this abusive relationship and and I felt isolated and alone and stuck and trapped and getting myself out of that mm. has brought me to this new place where I've the, the phrase comes out in the research, like new lease on life. I have a new mm-hmm. perspective on life. Um, and I think especially like when I think about this episode, when I was reading the research, what came up was that typically when people can explore their post-traumatic growth, how they have grown in light of the bad thing that happened or the good thing that never did, um, people tend to have a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Um and people, part of that perspective is like people begin to redefine what it means to have family mm. and to have like what you're saying, like connections. Mm-hmm. Like, right, if my family of origin is not physically or emotionally safe, then you've probably found a way to redefine how you create safe relationships with people mm-hmm. if they're not blood. Right. And so I'm just wondering, like, yeah, I'm wondering, like, that 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 is something that, like, as horrible as it was to have had a family members, maybe that were not safe for you. Um, probably as you have gotten older, 
family is a much broader term right than mm-hmm. just you know the phrase like a stern around that blood is thicker than water and mm-hmm. yeah you know family becomes bigger um because it's not limited to these people who birthed me right I don't know what would you kind of add to that um I think no I like what you're saying about as I get older and do the healing work Mm -hmm. and learn um like what defines my family Mm -hmm. and being able to choose community right like choose the community choose your tribe the people that are there for you in safe ways um no I like that idea and I think that part of finding that community is allowing um allowing or finding people that allow you to feel those feelings or mm-hmm. that were never able those emotions that you were never able to feel or show before um to sit with you in that and to re-experience not re-experience it renegotiate it mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm I love what you just said because you basically are just defining like what does it mean to have emotional safety. Mm-hmm. Emotional mm-hmm. safety is being able to experience my emotions with a group of people that make me feel safe. Right. They don't make me feel stupid about this. Right. They don't tell me that I'm being sensitive. Mm-hmm. I'm doing too much. You're yes. so dramatic. They let me sit in my crap. Mm-hmm. And they actually offer comfort right. and support right. and understanding. And even if they don't have a similar, like, empathy is not the, like, I have had to have an experience of being raped in order to empathize with a victim who was raped. Mm-hmm. Empathy is I can get on the floor and be like, sister sucks. Right. I hate that this happened to you. Mm-hmm. Right, like empathy is not that we have to have similar traumatic experiences, right? But that I can just sit with you and not leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with what has happened? Yeah. So that's such a big gift, right? Is being able um, to have a community where they allow you to sit in what used to feel intolerable, yeah. but when you're connected with others or something else, um, nature, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, it doesn't feel as intolerable. Yeah, yeah, right. Emotional safety is about who else can help me hold this space, mm-hmm. this really yeah. hard, painful space. Right. Right. And so I think that oftentimes I think that like emotional safety and physical safety are their markers for determining um, how much access a a family we're talking family members because it's it's the holiday season and most of the time people are are having to decide negotiate Mm -hmm. how much time i'm I'm gonna spend with these family people that your family by blood but maybe you haven't always been safe for me Mm -hmm. and maybe it's hard to say that like i won't go home Mm -hmm. or hard to say like like i'm not going home because they hurt my feelings but that that seems so trivial (laughs) right but emotional safety is a threat to the brain just as much as physical safety. Absolutely. The brain will read emotional unsafetiness the same way it it identifies a physical threat. Mm-hmm. You break your arm, the brain is like, that really, that's really bad. We don't like that. We want to make sure you never do that again. Someone breaks your heart, the brain is like, hey, that's also really bad. We don't like that. We don't want you to feel that ever again, right? right. Like 
and I think sometimes like we are so used and maybe this is based off our family of origin or whatever early messages we may have got about emotions we are so used to minimizing our emotions mm-hmm. as not being a signal for safety right because we've been told you're dramatic mm-hmm. you're sensitive you're doing too much it's really not that big of a deal right and so what happens when you're told all those things that joy just listed off is trauma fosters a sense of shame like that's what Mm. trauma does trauma fosters shame and shame is a strong emotion Mm -hmm. it's immobilizing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah immobilizing keeps you stuck Mm -hmm. and and even will push you back into situations i always say that sometimes trauma pushes us back into situations that are familiar even though they're toxic and unsafe Mm -hmm. But the the body and the brain likes predictability. Right. And so if healthy emotional engagement is not something your body and your brain is used to, you will find yourself going back or, or even like recreating sometimes or even looking for mm-hmm. um, certain things to happen in relationships or right. friendships or dating relationships or whatever, because it's just so familiar. Right. At least the body and the brain knows, well, this person's going to treat me like this and they're going to be they're going to like put me on silent. They're going to like ignore me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then like we're going to we're going to be OK. And right. They're going to come back and then it's going to be fine. And then right. And then it becomes really hard mm-hmm. to the brain to say, like, I should walk away. I should set a boundary. This is not safe mm-hmm. because like we just do this dance right. and the dance is predictable. Absolutely. Which brings comfort. Right. Co- predictability for the brain brings mm-hmm. comfort, even if it's toxic. Right. Even if it's right, because wait, we are always, remember, we're always, we're used to downplaying emotional safety. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes even in moments of like physical safety, physical danger, people still stay. And it's hard. Right. And, and that is because of the cycle and the predictability mm-hmm. of the cycle that comes up. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, well, they hit me this time or, but that's just for like that one time. Like mm-hmm. they said, sorry, they're not going to do that again. And so like, I should, I should give them another chance. You know, right. there's so much shame that comes with like being stuck. Mm-hmm. Who would I tell if I was being hurt? Right. Who's going to believe me? People are going to think I'm crazy. Right? So mm-hmm. shame comes up again. We're, it's so easy to minimize emotional pain and sometimes it's easy to, to excuse physical pain um and so it's hard um so i don't know i hope that like our listeners can grasp that like we just want to validate <laughs> that when trauma shows up in, in family relationships dating relationships um friendships mm-hmm. it is hard to set boundaries it is hard to walk away it is hard to limit access that people have to you right but if we hope that like this holiday season, the goal is that you prioritize you. You prioritize your emotional and your physical safety. And that may look like setting up a boundary. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Undisciplined is a collaboration between the African and African American Studies Program at the University of Arkansas and KUAF. The podcast provides a holistic understanding of complex issues that affect our interconnected world. 
taken the interdisciplinary approach of African and African-American studies to the classroom, into the community, onto the airwaves, and beyond. I am your host, Dr. Karee Banton, and for this fifth season, I have a new co-host, Nenebi Tony. The podcast is produced by Leah Grant. And it's available every Wednesday at KUAF.com, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the African and African American Studies program and the Undisciplined podcast on Instagram at UARK underscore AAST or visit KUAF.com to listen to all episodes. Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. What would you add to that, Denisha? Um, I love what you're saying about setting up boundaries, which is, you know, just gives people permission to say, no, I can't go there. No, I don't have to be around this group, um, whatever it may be. But I think we always encourage our listeners to find their tribe, find their community. So it's, it is, um, sometimes it makes the bot, you think that you're doing the right thing by going alone. And sometimes that shame will even push you back. Like you said, it'll push you back. And so it can push you back into that isolation. Well, if I can't be with my family and everybody's going to be there and I'm the only one that doesn't want to, then I need to be alone. Mm. Um, but I think we just encourage our listeners to find your community, find your tribe. So you're not alone. Do you think you bring up a good point that sometimes when we are trying to be healthy and, and, and be on your healing journey, um, sometimes we still use these, uh, this have this thinking of like we still need to be punished. Mm-hmm. And so like we can use isolation as a way to punish ourselves for not maybe making amends with family, mm-hmm. not having this relationship restored or whatever. And so... I don't know. I hope people can hear what you're saying. Like you don't have giving yourself permission to say no or walk away or um, only only call this year instead of going to the dinner or or, or just send a text message like, hey, Merry Christmas, (laughs) you know, like giving yourself that permission to maintain that distance doesn't mean that you have to punish yourself with isolation. Right. and I love, I, I don't know, I just love that, that you said that word permission because it also is a reminder that like, yeah, we all deserve community. We all deserve mm-hmm. emotionally safe places to share and to be and to places that we know we will be accepted and loved and cared for. And so, I don't know, I hope that this year people can get really creative mm-hmm. and, and seek out the people who who want to love you. I, I right. remember m- my son, for one of his birthdays, I took him out to go get some um, hot chocolate early in the morning on his birthday <laughs> at IHOP. And we just sat there and talked, and he was having a hard time in our little community that we're living in because sometimes the kids were not very nice to him mm-hmm. and all these things. And I said, baby, and this was right after COVID, and he was getting ready to go back to school. We had homeschool during COVID. He's mm-hmm. getting ready to go back to school. And I was like, baby, when you get to school next year, I want you to find your tribe. And he's like, Mom, what do you mean? I was like, tribe is people who make you feel loved, cared for, people mm-hmm. who who celebrate you, mm-hmm. um, people who who know how to like just like be support to you, who feel comfortable. You feel comfortable with them, you feel safe with them. Mm-hmm. And so I hope you can find your tribe when you go back to school. Find the people who like you, make you feel good about you when you're with them. Um those are your people. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, Mom, are you my tribe? 
And I was like, yeah, like I am part of your tribe. Right. <laughs> and then he started naming all these people in our lives. Like, mm. so that means that this person and that person. And I, and I was just like, you totally get it because now you're naming all these people who feel safe to you. Exactly. Like, mm. yes, like, yes, baby. All of us, we are all a part of your tribe. And I hope mm-hmm. that you find people who treat you the way that we treat you. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, tribe is 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 huge mm-hmm. um and i also understand that like tribe doesn't always have to be like my son at that time he was like six <laughs> right <laughs> so tribe felt like all these people that we knew right. right um but i think as adults our tribe is not always that big right it could just be one person it may not even be a person or it could be a person that's far away like yes you know 500 miles away but you guys can connect um mm-hmm. via text or chat or FaceTime or whatever it may be. Um, I also want to make space for to invalidate people that aren't there yet. Like they Mm. don't feel like they can say no or they're in a situation that they can say no. Because part of trauma is not sometimes having that voice to be able to say, no, I can't go to this family dinner. That's it. And so I just want to make space to validate that. I think that's really important. Um, I'm so glad you said that because I want to... I like when I was like writing out my notes last night, I was like, we got to talk about like, but what if it's not safe enough to say to no? Exactly. Yes. Um, you know, like I know we had this whole episode about boundaries and like saying no and, and, and limiting things, but like sometimes it's not even safe enough mm-hmm. to express the boundary that I need to set. And right. sometimes I do just have like, I just have to leave in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I just have to like take as much time as I need to slowly plan my way of like letting go. Right. And, and, lessening my access and their access to me because Uh I don't know what they're going to do. Right. I always love holiday movies where you see like there's at least two people that one person can tell that the other person just isn't feeling it or somebody has said something offensive to one family member. And so two family members find each other and like, you ready to get out of here? Like, yes. So that that's setting a boundary. Yeah. Even if it wasn't safe enough to say, no, I'm not going. Right, because then you didn't confront the whole family. You're like, I see this is why I don't want to come over here with y'all because (laughs) y'all, right? Like, if you have to go, can you go with someone who can be safe for you, who can Mm -hmm. pull you out Mm -hmm. when they can tell that you're becoming uncomfortable? Right. Because you're right. It's not always safe to just, like, boldly say, I can't talk to y'all no more because y'all are not emotionally safe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because that would probably bring up so many things. And so maybe sometimes the boundary is set silently just because I don't be safe enough right. to confront. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's really important, too, for our listeners to remember that, like, your body and your brain takes that into account. Mm-hmm. Like, some, so oftentimes I hear people, not just clients, like anybody, everybody says this, I think, sometimes, um, how they, they avoid conflict. I don't like conflict. Oh, I right. don't like conflict. Oh, no, I don't do conflict. No, 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 I don't do that. I'm like... Well, you don't do that because your body has made an assumption that there are some people who cannot be reasoned with. Mm -hmm. And it will be more emotionally harmful to you Mm -hmm. to even address an issue that you're having with this person. And so, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so you do the other Mm -hmm. trauma responses of fleeing, Mm -hmm. fawning, just saying yes. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what you want to do. That's fine, whatever, you know, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. Or, you, mm-hmm. or right, it, the only reason we don't choose to fight in a threatening, emotionally threatening situation or 
by fight can also mean like explaining my point of view. Right, right. If I don't choose to do that, it's because these people have not made me feel emotionally safe. Like exactly, I can play this out in my head, and mm-hmm. every scenario ends in a big fight. Right, ends in something being thrown in the kitchen. It ends in someone saying, "Well, f you." you mm-hmm. Ain't nobody got time for all of that. There's so the fear. It's, it's like, so much fear. Like it mm-hmm. will be worse if we actually talk this out than if I just didn't say anything. Right, at all. which is the fear or the perceived fear. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it might not be that person. It could be because of an experience before that person. Right. And so that's why I like to say perceived fear rather than irrational, you know, irrational fear. It feels really harsh. Yeah, it does. And it's very rational to that person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. how can it be irrational when it's very rational to that person? So I always say fear or perceived fear. I like that. Yeah. Right. And, And like and if we take that deeper, it's not even. It's a perceived threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I do feel threatened to have this right. conversation. Yes. Right? To mm-hmm. This this is threatening. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. it, and it sends my body into, oh, I'm hyperventilating. I'm breathing really hard. I don't, when I was when I was young, I'd get really angry. I would just cry. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I don't be so mad, like, yelling, screaming. And I'm just, like, crying. Mm-hmm. Right? But, like, that's what happens to my body. And if right. I get to that point, my body's like, we ain't going to do this again. <laughs> Like, right. just, we, we can just spend lots of these people no more. Exactly. Just forget it. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, I don't know. It is hard. <sighs> Setting boundaries with family in relationships, dating relationships or friendships, and pulling away for something that has been really toxic and unsafe is really difficult. And mm-hmm. sometimes what Denisha said, sometimes it's just not, it's just not always safe to be explicit. Right. about the boundary and so you you need to be smart you need to be safe mm-hmm. again always prioritize your safety your emotional safety is just as important as your physical safety right and so yeah i love that idea though you can go with another person mm-hmm. who can kind of like be gauging you in yeah. like it's I, I often tell my clients like what's your other way out right all right so like mm-hmm. even if i have to take a phone call with someone who is like um, not very safe for me. Mm-hmm. Do I have another way out? Right. Maybe I'm going to text Denisha before I answer this call and be like, hey, mm-hmm. can you just call me in like 25 minutes? Exactly. Just call mm-hmm. me. And if I don't answer, just keep calling me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, what's your other way out? Because I need to create other ways uh-huh. out that I can be like, oh, my goodness, my friend has called me like five times. Something's probably going yes. on. I'm, I'm going to call you back. <laughs> it goes me, back like, to early dating. You know, yeah. like when girls would tell their BFF, like, hey, text me, call me. So that way I can exit this date if it's not working yes. out. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. How do I create safety even for myself? Mm-hmm. So finding that safe cousin, that safe aunt, that safe uncle, yes. whoever it may be. Safe friend, yeah. safe coworker, yes. like any other person who can. Right. Like I, I had a friend who did that to me, too. Like she had to go into a party to go get one of her friends. And she's mm-hmm. like, can you just call me mm-hmm. in like 30 minutes? And just just make up something mm-hmm. so that I could be like, oh, so and so is not okay. All right, we well, we about to go. We all we gotta go. We got right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Uh huh. <laughs> right. It yes. is what it is. Just call. I'm gonna call you in thirty minutes, right. and I'm gonna watch my phone like a hawk. Right. So, right. Because you don't need to tell me the details mm-hmm. of why you need me to call you. Right. Like, yes. Obviously, there's a safety concern. Right. Like you need to be able to get in and out. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I just I just love that part that you said. I'm glad you said that. Like. Who else can you depend on to help give you another way out mm-hmm. um, so you don't have to be stuck? Especially right. if it's 
if it's not possible. Because then sometimes, right, like sometimes we live with people. Exactly. And I have to live with them because I don't have any other. <laughs> right. Right. So when it's not possible to set up the boundary to limit your access, mm-hmm. then think about other creative ways that you can stay emotionally safe right. by partnering with another person, mm-hmm. maybe getting involved in other community events right. that's like, oh, I'm actually, I signed up to do this thing to help out with the homeless mm-hmm. or something to feed yeah. people who are not housed, like. I'm actually going to be really busy that day, right. but thanks for inviting. You know, yes. like, find other ways. Stepping out to the garage for a few minutes, stepping outside <sighs> on the back porch, whatever yeah. it is. Wearing headphones mm-hmm. to the event so you can have music playing in the right. background. Yes. Find a way out. I don't know. I I hope that, like, our listeners can grab something from this episode of, like, um, we know that setting boundaries when trauma has happened and within family relationships, dating relationships, or even friendships are really difficult. Um, but at the end of the day, we hope that our listeners will prioritize their emotional and their physical safety mm-hmm. and give themselves permission to heal. And I love what you said, Denisha, like you don't have to isolate yourself um, even when you're trying to to have a boundary with the people who have hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still reach out to other people who do feel safe. Right. What do you want our listeners to remember about this episode um, as we close? I like how you keep saying prioritize your emotional safety. And so I feel like that's a big takeaway from this episode, especially around the holidays yeah. and the new year. I know that sounds crazy to say, but the new year coming up. Oh. <laughs> I know. But prioritizing emotional safety um, and whatever that looks like in your life and how that fits. Yeah. How's your body feel as we get ready to close? Pretty good. Um, just excited for what's coming up. I know we have more episodes coming and more interviews yeah. coming. And so I just still feel like peaceful yeah, yeah. and excited. Yeah, me too. I think this was, um, I think this can be a hard episode for our listeners to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I share with you in that sense of just like calm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And so I, a part of my body just really hopes that our listeners uh, can share in the calm that mm-hmm. we have, yes. even in this episode and talking about this. Um because it's, I don't think it's to say that, like, we are unfazed by traumatic events that our clients have had in the past. No. Um, but that I want to share my calm. I want to share yes. my peace that I carry with me, mm-hmm. um, with my, my clients, my friends, whatever, um, family. Um, I want to share that. And, yeah, I hope that I hope that everybody prioritizes their emotional, physical safety. Yep. You deserve that. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all, for listening to the podcast today. Thank you, guys. I'm Denisha Simpson, and you've been listening to the Resilient Black Women podcast. You can learn more about us and our work at resilientblackwomen.org. And if you've liked this episode, share it with a friend or two. Tell us what you think. We love reading reflections from our listeners. We hope you can join us again.